Hello, hello. Welcome to episode four of Baki Taki, the podcast where we talk Baki or Bak Taki, depending on the episode. For any new listeners, this show is where I bring on my friends and ask them about a show that they've never watched before, uh, Baki. Uh, and this episode is about episode four of Baki. I believe it's called The Battle Begins. Uh, but before we jump into that, let me introduce my co host for the day, Mike. Hello, I'm Mike. Uh, I've known Steve for a few years now, I guess. Uh, and yeah, I, I've watched some anime before, but not in a long time. And it was uh, an interesting reintroduction. <laughs> yeah, I'd describe Baki as a starter anime. It really, really uh, whets your appetite for the rest of the genre. Um, <laughs> so I, before we jump in, I have just uh, two, two icebreaker questions I always ask. The first one... Uh, so we can get a, a sense of your taste. Other than Baki, what TV shows are you currently watching? I am currently watching um, so Bosch Legacy, which just came out, which is like a continuation of the Bosch series that Amazon creates. Mm. Um, and I've been, I wanted to pick up like a, a comedy, so I've been watching Veep. Oh, Veep's um, really good. Yeah, which is, and it's great because it's short too. So it's like you can watch one and you don't have to pay like a ton of attention either you can kind of watch one and stop and the cast is fantastic cool okay and last question uh before watching this episode what did you know about baki i knew what did i i googled baki to see where to watch it learned it was on netflix and then read the netflix like whatever three sentence synopsis of the series so something about this guy being uh, a great fighter and i there's something with death row inmates, but I didn't, I mean, I kind of skimmed through it, so I didn't pay too much attention. It's called Synchronicity. Five unrelated criminals on death row spontaneously left the same message and are heading for Tokyo. I tried to piece it a bit together while watching it, but I gotta say that it uh, it may not have made a ton of sense. Yep, and that's, that's sort of the intention of this podcast, honestly. All right. So let's let's get right into it. Um, so a lot happens in this episode. Uh, this is definitely has a few of my favorite moments in the uh, show. But let, I guess just to start off, we start off where we ended the last episode with um, Mr. Tokugawa explaining the rules of the fight that's about to happen. Can you walk me through what happened in that scene, Mike? Uh, or at least how you interpreted it? Uh, it was... He... He, I guess, introduced the battle and was like, so it's going to start now. And they're all kind of like, but what are the rules? It's kind of like, well, it can begin any time. I can't remember. It's the the guy with the Polish name, Sikorsky, who yep. was like, a real battle is uh, only one that you're not prepared for. You, Sikorsky, you suggested that a fighter who fights only on cue has no right to call himself a martial artist. And so they're like, yeah, it sounds great. So it can it can start whenever. And then he's like, so it started, it started. And like, just kind of, they keep repeating that for a while. Hell, all I want to know is when do we start fighting? How about right here, right now? That's what real combat's about. It can happen at any time. It could happen right now. Once combat begins, perhaps combat's already begun. Indeed, the game has begun, as of right now. Yep, it's, it's um, pretty circular. <laughs> I guess, I guess, I'm assuming this guy is Baki, because I don't really think they use names um, too much. There's sort of like, this guy was the champion 
of something yes, before that, 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 that like guy young guy yeah and then eventually he's like okay i got things to do and just kind of leaves yeah it was funny how they were all like the fight starts now and then everybody just walked home especially because a lot of these yeah. guys don't even have homes they just flew to japan for this yeah they they left uh i didn't know they flew to japan but then there was like a scene afterwards where like a guy went back to his prison cell i think having no context i assume he broke out yes um, he um so that's spec um he originally uh was in a submarine uh and he broke out of that it was a submarine jail uh and then when he showed up in tokyo uh he purposely got arrested so that he had a place to sleep and get food um, but as you can see he can bend uh walls and bars with his bare hands and like much like the hulk and so he leaves whenever he wants nice I mean, that's a great skill to have. Yeah, yeah. These guys really are, like, renaissance men. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you're, so that's that's the initial scene. Everybody just sort of wanders off from that. Um, but we do have two confrontations this episode. I don't know which one's more more crazy um but I, I wanted to talk about uh dorian and Do- uh, dopo arachi first um so that, that's the the i don't know if you got the names but this was the uh the big giant uh american and the guy with the eye patch yeah one of them's he's a he runs a martial arts school or something right exactly the shinshin kai uh dojo dopo orochi also known as the God of War, founder of the Shinshinkai School of Karate. Yeah. Uh, I I thought that was, I mean, they're both ridiculous, but I did think that was the more ridiculous of the, the two encounters. I mean, I guess, like, should I just describe kind of what, what I thought was the most ridiculous part? <laughs> well, just, yeah, just walk us through the fight and um, what you were thinking as it happened. <laughs> well, so they're walking down the street together, and I thought that they were on the same like team i guess because i had no context and then this third guy kind of shows up um retsu and yeah and the uh i guess the american guy and yatsu knew each other or something and and they exchanged some words and you know our uh, martial artist master's like oh so you guys know each other that's great we can skip introductions or whatever and then he uh the guy's name is Dorian, right? The American. He, he just gives him a, a nice sidekick, which I was like, oh, I thought you guys were, like, together. Fight continuity editor Steve here. It's actually Dopo who first throws a duffel bag and then kicks Dorian in the face. Just uh, keeping the record straight here. Sorry for starting this without you, Retsu, but I just couldn't help myself. And, you know, kind of a, a nice big beating like that. The guy kind of goes down, but um, then blasts him with a lighter with his mouth which i was like i does the, he just permanently have alcohol in his mouth so, like so, so they the, showed a flask the funniest the funniest thing is the reason that retsu knows uh dorian's the big guy uh the reason that yeah. retsu knows him is because the last time they met he did the same thing and blew fire into his face so he does seem to keep a flask of potentially alcohol i honestly think it's gasoline but it does seem like it's his go-to trick oh yeah and but uh you know master martial artist there was apparently prepared for this just uh what do you call it the circular defense 
it's the perfect uh, the, one of these <laughs> yeah just let me make some circles and the fire doesn't hurt me of course the perfect offense mawashiuke that's right it's a circular defense combining multiple blocking techniques known as the king of blocks arrows guns flamethrowers whatever you got bring it which you know it's if that works that's great good for you you know why not i can't prove it um, wrong you know it's i you know not being a martial artist myself i cannot say for certain that it uh that it does not work but yeah he pulls off the defense move and then i don't know if something else happens in between this but he uh i think it's his his arm or his hand is uh sliced off which was comical i guess in a way like just kind of a little bit of excess bleeding and then he's got just like this very awkward looking stump it was um, a very clean cut you know <laughs> it was, well it yeah looked like something you'd see at the butchers yeah it's like there's no you know no little bits hanging out or anything it was like you know all it's in i guess in like the drawing it's like a perfect circle you know like maybe that's part of the defense it's <laughs> it's his arm has just become one with it uh and that they did a nice little flashback of showing how he got this tiny uh what are they micro or nano meter fiber yeah nano fiber cord that he uh slipped over it and he was talking about how science works for crime (laughs) (laughs) that was that was the best i mean like the determination to first of all not break when your hand gets cut off but then to not break while the your assailant uh, goes on a monologue about the history of criminals and research and development funded by uh, organized crime you see the history of mankind has been one of unremitting forward progress and that's why we have so many wonderful gadgets today Science is continuously making things stronger. And for whom was it developed? Faster, this remarkable, almost magical wire. Bigger for smaller. magicians, perhaps, to help them deceive farther. and baffle their audience. It's really quite extraordinary. An airmid carbon fiber to titanium composite. Used in body armor and space Yeah, I... I, I... I love that speech. That's that's honestly why I watch Bakis for moments like that. Oh, I mean, it's it makes you really think. You know, is this could this be real? Um, yeah, you know, it gives you some pause, and then then it proceeds with, "Well, I'm I'm happy you cut my hand off uh, because now I can." I had been doing this training of I can't remember what it was called, but he was punching his hand through a wood block, and his yeah. hand was all mangled or whatever. And he's like, I just wished at that moment I could punch as hard as I wanted to without breaking my hand. And now I can. Just one with the stump. Funny thing is, I did some spear hand training years ago. Hurt like hell. Slamming my fingers into those bamboo posts. Made me start to wish I didn't have any damn fingers. Cause then I could go around punching as hard as I wanted. Well, that's the whole, yeah, that, I guess that's part of the karate defense technique. Because, you know, if somebody ends up cutting off your hand, they've only made you stronger. Oh, yeah. That's... Also, throughout this whole scene, Do- Dopo is flexing his fist into his shoulder so that no blood comes out of his gaping uh, hand hole. <laughs> I guess. 
<laughs> I did forget about that. He said it's good you've uh, applied pressure to stop the bleeding. <laughs> I see that you've already managed to stem the bleeding by applying pressure. Well done. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh my god, that's one of my favorite fights. And like, oh man, like Dopo got introduced. Um, I think two minutes before this episode started, and he's already lost his hand. Uh, like five minutes into this episode. Oh well, you know that's fast character development, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they, I, you you can't really argue against losing a hand as character development. Um, I guess it's not character yeah. growth sort of like character subtraction i mean i don't know the characters yet but maybe it's like his origin story you know he's he was this guy and he lost his hand and what's he gonna be next just wait until you see the next time he shows up <laughs> it's i don't know baki, baki has a problem where um there, there's a lot of blood there's a lot of violence but if if you it's it's it, it's like Pokemon. Like if you if you go sleep in a bed, the next day you're gonna wake up feeling ready to go. <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasant world. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of blood, but it, on the downside, there on the it's got its upsides. So the other big fight, and this one is uh, that was one of the more I'd say badass type of just you know like cool fights in the show the next one's definitely one of the weirdest ones um so th this is the sikorsky subplot with um the the name of the man who kidnaps him is a uh, kanji igari a, a pro wrestler who has a feud with uh, sikorsky because he got his face cut open um can, can you can you walk us through what happened in that uh encounter <laughs> yeah so i guess you know sikorsky is walking through a park at night i guess when the the wrestler kanji. basically kanji appears in, in front of him and it's like i'm gonna get you for what you did to my face and sikorsky kind of looks at him and is like well okay and then his two associates come out from the shadows behind him huh this is really the guy who messed up your face boss a death row inmate huh and sort of like give him a you know from the other stuff i've seen i consider this a light beating you know they kind of just hit him a bit and he falls to the ground and then they stick a marble in his mouth it was really unclear it, I, I i assumed it was like a gumball but it did look like a marble yeah i i, I thought it was a gumball at first then it kind of lasted too long and i was like it, no one's blown any bubbles yet so but you know maybe it's like a jawbreaker or something i don't i don't know but could be, uh could be a jawbreaker but so they they you know get him kind of whatever not i guess tie him up and bring him to a uh what looks to be like a boxing arena i guess yeah i think that makes um, or sense. training area might be like a um, wrestling training place because kanji's like a pro wrestler yeah um but they like tie him up into the ropes and the two associates are like man this guy beat you up he was you know pretty easy do you want us to like mess him up and like what do you want us to basically like do to dispose of the body so what do you want to do now anyway boss after all, this guy's supposed to be on death row, right? We could kill him and nobody would even care. And uh, he, you know, uh, uh, Kanji basically pulls out uh, a gun and then shoots him in the chest. Uh, and, you know, it's like, wow, wow, that was kind of a, a bit anticlimactic to finish him off that way. But turns out this guy just wears a bulletproof vest all the time, which 
I guess goes back to his original point of like, it's not really a fight unless it's unexpected. And so he's always prepared is what I'm taking out of this. Like, you know, I guess he wakes up in the morning, showers and puts on the bulletproof vest. Um, yeah, I guess it was, it was, it was very bold. Like he didn't have a bulletproof vest over his face. <laughs> he's, he's lucky that Kanji just shot him six times in the same spot. Um, but yeah, he, yeah. He, he was prepared for that. And uh, and then Kanji says, like, what are you waiting for? And so then he, like, rips out of his restraints and off the ropes. You SOB. How long are you going to keep up this act? <gasps> you wear a bulletproof vest everywhere you go. And just immediately uh, goes for the guy who gave him the marble gumball jawbreaker or whatever. And, like, I guess he has, like, knives in his knuckles or something because he just completely like slices this guy up we were, we were discussing um, this last episode I, I don't think there's any reason other than that his knuckles must be unnaturally sharp because <laughs> he does this a right. lot <laughs> it made me like i don't know there's this like i think it's a frog that will like it has venom inside itself and it will like break its bones like to protrude through its skin so it can like slice people up and that's kind of what it made me think of um but, you know, he didn't have any bones showing, so maybe he's just got those sharp knuckles. Uh, but, yeah, he so he messes up the first guy, and then the other guy, I mean, I don't know, you know, why he waited till his buddy was kind of messed up and then went for him, and he just completely destroys this guy, too, I think, like, slices up his leg. And, uh, yeah, they're basically, like, incapacitated in about 10 seconds. Yeah, it's um, one of those things, like, you'd hope, like, either go at it as a team and go with the numbers or after seeing your friend get eviscerated in one second maybe just run away or something like you're probably not gonna beat this guy well exactly it's like you know but that's that's you know not just anime it's like movies right people do this all the time like oh my friend went down i could i definitely got this one now um but you know everybody wait your turn yeah so that's that's great he just basically like slices them up with his hands uh, and then Kanji falls to his knees and is like begging and like bowing to him being like, I'm begging for forgiveness. There, you see, I'm bowing to you. I'm surrendering and putting myself completely at your mercy. Good. Now, beg. What do you think I'm doing? I'm admitting defeat and begging for mercy. Since Sikorsky's like, okay, I guess that's cool. Um, and uh what is the he, why he, he like i can't remember what makes him like lie down on the floor editor's note i actually misunderstood what mike was saying here in the record uh and forgot what happened in the episode sikorsky lies down on the floor just in front of uh, kanji who is bowing for forgiveness uh, rewatching it, it seems the intention is that sikorsky is giving him a chance to fight back and avenge his fallen comrades it's a bit tough to piece together because then uh, Sikorsky does like a, a, a lying down leap into a kick to the face. Um, so it doesn't seem like he was that earnest in giving him a chance to fight back. Yeah. Um, and he says like, you know, forgive me or whatever. Uh, and then Sikorsky, what does he do? He starts, he like hits him with a massive weight. Yeah, he lifts and then starts up, like... throwing. <laughs> he 
Yeah, starts throwing dumbbells. Like this was one of the most brutal beatdowns I've ever seen. He hits him with like one of those like two hundred pound weights, uh, and then starts throwing I don't know like fifty pound weights at him from across the room. Um, yeah, it's it's brutal. Yeah, I was thinking like, man, if this was real, like all all of his bones would be broken. Um, but you know, it's. <laughs> it's animated so he he doesn't i mean appear to have any broken bones but he does look quite uh quite hurt yeah he does a good job of guarding himself with his little like two arms in front of his face <laughs> he sure sure protects his already scarred up face that <laughs> <laughs> he had a nice uh, nice set of bandages all over it i'm assuming from a previous encounter with sikorsky yeah that that was another case of the old um knife knuckles uh, right to the right. face um yeah just for context in the previous episode sikorsky uh just sort of stumbled upon them while they were having dinner uh and sikorsky kicked the ass of uh, kanji's friend and then they went outside ordered an ambulance and then he kicked uh, uh kanji's ass and then basically left um, <laughs> so they do have a bit of a feud uh, for context um, but there's also almost no context. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, I kind of assumed based on, you know, the, the episode on its own having very little sense that maybe just these things just happen and there isn't a whole ton of uh, context for any particular event. Um, yeah, I think that's but yeah, fair. That, uh, after his, uh, his weight beating, um, Sikorsky then begins to urinate on his head. Which is a choice, I guess. You know, you've already beat this guy, and then uh, you gonna, you know, give him the old urination. Uh, and then I guess he he wasn't dead, so he he like tries to like leap up or something. And I mean, that was that was the last straw, I suppose, for Sikorsky, who then eviscerated him with his knife knuckles. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, I'd, I'd say it was an impressive feat that, like, he was able to leap up after all that. But, like, um, overall, not a good day for Kanji. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Almost like a wasted leap, too. Like, you got up, but then you didn't you didn't do anything. You didn't get a, a surprise hit in or anything. You just kind of died. Leapt up and then, yeah, then, then got, got hit. <laughs> he leapt up and his spirit just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> up, up, up and away yeah oh man that's the second time there's been um a, a urine uh plot line this season episode four um but yeah uh, we'll we'll see when it comes up again uh yeah what, what did you think of that fight uh who, who do you think's more scary after watching the two of them go at it dorian or sikorsky i mean sikorsky I feel like Dorian's got these like tricks or whatever, but like if he doesn't have his lighter or his flask, then like what does he have? You know, and I think uh, you know the that other guy made the same point of like if we need science or martial arts, then what's the point or whatever? And it's like you know you've got your your tricks, but this guy's literally got like knife hands, and not like the Edward Scissorhand kinds. Like they work like hands too. Man, I am sure at some point in Baki they're going to introduce an actual Edward Scissorhands character. 
<laughs> but until then, yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. This is this is definitely Sikorsky's um, best uh, storyline. Anyway, so that those were the big action pieces for the episode. But you have the honor of dealing with our first ever Kozue uh, subplot in an episode, which is also a roundabout way of saying the first girl to have a line in this show by episode <laughs> at the start of episode four or by the end of episode four. Can you can you describe Kozue uh, for a, a little bit? Yeah, I mean, she's uh, a woman. They don't really say how old she is but she's baki's landlord's daughter if i remember correctly yep um also from what i can lives... tell baki lives in like a shed <laughs> I don't... yeah i mean they, he did say that she lived next door <laughs> so um <laughs> landlord slash neighbor i guess yeah but yeah i mean he she uh <laughs> what did she say she was like well you know why haven't you you asked me out it must be i guess a little weird with me you know being your i think she said like because i lived next door not because it was his landlord's daughter but yeah. he's like oh yeah it's you know it was kind of tough uh but i you know finally did it never thought you'd ask me out on a date well it's a little awkward with you living right next door and all so what you're saying is you've thought about asking me out before oh yeah every single day she's like well when did you want to ask me out and he was like well ever since i first met you which is nice i think i don't i don't have the context i don't know if that's creepy or nice but it, it sounds nice yeah i, I, I think they're, um, they're a sweet couple yeah and they, they go for a little walk and and they go to hold hands but you know baki grabs her hand and i guess to to show his his great strength uh she's like ow you're hurting me It hurts. Oh, sorry. Not in like you know my hand is crippled and broken kind of way. Just like it, it hurts, and so he like he lets go and he's like, oh sorry, and then she takes his hand. You know, yeah, very sweet, and, and so it's you know so she can apply the right amount of pressure. Um, it, it it it's truly a, a beautiful heartwarming moment between the two of them. Um, yeah, that, there there's a lot of those in that montage of them <laughs> dating each other across town. <laughs> guess they went for food i think i'm trying to remember i think they went shopping i think they went for food i think they they got harassed by some youths Um, yeah which was hilarious to like we're wallet inspectors please show us your wallet if you'd like to and then they're like or if you don't like to we still want to see it editors note this first goon sounds a lot like the goon from previously in the episode but he's a different person Sorry to bother you. We're doing a little survey of what today's teens carry around in their wallets. <laughs> Whoa, you're pretty ripped, dude. You work out. Anyway, like I said, we're doing this survey, so if you don't mind, could you take out your wallet and let us see what you got in there? Actually, even if you do mind, take it out. <laughs> Great line. Um... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I'm so uh, I'm so glad you listened to the dub. The, the, <laughs> there's there's so many awkward, especially when you get like background characters or like one-off characters. The the dialogue's just so goofy. Um, oh yeah, it's, 
I yeah, the, the, the beginning with like the circular talking, I was like, I wonder if this is really what it translates to. Oh man, but yeah, they have they have a nice date, um, and I think it ends with them walking through a park um, just together at night, very scenic. Um, and then what, what what what's the last moment? The last moment. Um... I don't think I remember to be honest. I think I was watched the, like the encounter they had and like the, you know them holding hands, and I can't recall what what goes on next. Uh, I'll, I'll fill you in. The very, the very last shot of the episode shows uh, Speck, the like seven foot tall uh, guy oh, who is in yes. jail, has been has followed them to the park, uh, foreshadowing yeah. for something that will not really happen next episode. <laughs> oh man! Nice. I did watch the ending credits and wondered if it was the same guy. Oh, the guy, the guy at the end of the ending credits. Yeah. No, that's Baki's dad. Hey, editor Steve back again. I realize we've never talked about the ending credits on the uh, podcast before. Um, it's very basic. It's Baki jogging. Uh, and at the end he sees Kozue and then weirdly it pans back and his dad is looking at the sun. Let me play a little bit for you. just okay <laughs> i don't know if anybody else has actually watched the ending credits because they're really weird <laughs> well yeah so when i watch a tv series you know i will usually watch the opening and the ending credits once like the first episode i watch just yeah. so that i know what it is and sometimes they have like characters in there they're like oh i wonder when this character is going to show up but yeah so I, I did watch both the uh intro and ending credits for for this it's got good music, I'd say. I'd say. It's one of the strengths of this show. Yeah, I mean, I I would have said I think most anime has pretty good intro and like outro music, but um, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that basically covers everything from the episode. Um, a, f- a few outro questions for you. Did you have any questions about the show? Was anything confusing or any anything that you didn't understand? Um, I mean, there's a lot that I didn't understand, but, you know, coming into just watch one episode in the middle of a series, I didn't, you know, I didn't know if it was expected to, uh, to make sense or not. So, you know, that's it's like, you know, knife for hands is like, is there some like backstory that like explains, you know, like if this was like X-Men or something, right. They'd be like, oh, you know, he has a mutation and he's got, he's like Wolverine, but, uh, if they just start fighting and he's just got knife hands, you know, that's, that's a thing, I guess. Um, it is sort of like yeah, X-Men, I mean, I... but it, the answer is always that they're really good at martial arts. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, no, like, you know, I didn't, didn't end up watching it being like, wow, I, I have so many questions. I more thought, well, maybe I should watch a few episodes and see if they're all like this. Um, and if they are, then, you know, that's, that's just the style. But, uh, yeah, I, nothing nothing that was like man i really need answers for this i do wonder why they had escaped inmates and five people who what what the way was the way they put it i want to experience losing oh yes they all want to experience the taste of defeat yes 
Um, that's, yeah. that's just synchronicity, Mike. It's, it's a pretty simple concept. Um, five people across the globe had the same idea, and they all broke out of their uh, death row prisons and swam or flew to Tokyo. Um, it's pretty straightforward, honestly. Um, they, they spent the whole first episode explaining that, so <laughs> Ed, educate yourself. Right, so this is one of those questions where if I if I'd watched the whole thing, I would have some context you you would have an answer <laughs> i don't know if it would, i don't know if it clears anything up oh man uh, okay not, not so much but hey that's that's part of it exactly all right and this is the final the big one now that you've watched an episode of baki do you think that it is a good show well i mean i think any show is a good show if you're in the right mood for what they're offering so <laughs> Um, like yeah sure it's not awful it it might not make sense but if you just want to watch some you know animated you know beat em up brawls then you know this might be the show for you yeah I think that's uh, that's the fair take and I think that might be the uh, the most positive review so far (laughs) (laughs) I mean I probably wouldn't choose to watch any more episodes but I I'm not going to blame someone else who who would. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Mike. Um, this is uh, the end of episode four. Episode five, um, I cannot wait for it. Uh, so make sure to listen to that one. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever plugged myself at the end of the episode, but that's how excited I am for what happens in the next episode. Um, well, well. I'll definitely uh, keep a lookout for when the the podcast comes out, and I'll use that to determine whether I actually want to watch it. <laughs> it'll it'll come out soon. I only have one more before I can start doing the big record or the big uh, release. Anyway, nice. uh, this has been Baki Taki, and we're all talked out of Baki, and I still don't have a good sign off. So, <laughs> see you <laughs> later.